This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Lord, speak to me. Lord, wake me up so that I can hear you speak to me. Because if God speaks to us and we're sleeping, we don't hear God. And if we are awake and not sensitive to hear God speaking to us, we don't hear God. And sometimes it happens to you like it happens to me. Sometimes uh, we sleep when we shouldn't be sleeping and we're awake when we should be sleeping. I used to get so frustrated when I was so tired and I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I couldn't go back to sleep. Did ever happen to you? You're laying there, you look at it, two in the morning? I need to be sleeping, I can't sleep. And I lay there and I try to go to sleep and, and you know, and, 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 and very frustrating, but it all changed for me, it changed for me. And it all transformed with one verse. One verse changed the oh no into a oh good. And that verse was Isaiah 50 verse four. Isaiah 50 verse four, it changed everything. All about that waking up in the middle of the night stuff. Isaiah 50 verse four says, the Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakeneth morning by morning, he wakeneth mine ear to hear as the learned. That's the verse that changed it all for me. That verse changed my attitude toward waking up in the middle of the night with, from resentment to anticipation. And the key for me was to realize in that verse, in Isaiah 50, verse four, the Lord hath given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that's weary. This verse opened my eyes to see that God was waking me up at two in the morning to give me what I was gonna need later on in that day, what I was gonna need to say to a person who's weary with life the Lord hath given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. 
And sometimes God wakes us up in the night to prepare us for what we're gonna need later on in the day. He wakened, verse, Isaiah 50 verse four, Isaiah 50 verse four, he wakeneth morning by morning, he wakeneth my ear to hear as the learned. He wakes us up to hear him. It's a whole new understanding of the event of waking up in the middle of the night and not being able to go to sleep. Just think of little Samuel. I sometimes think of little Samuel. Little Samuel working there in the temple and all the work was given to the little guy and he, at the end of a day and Samuel wants to go to sleep. He's tired and twice God calls him and prevents him from going to sleep. We can imagine how he must have felt frustrated about not being able to go to sleep after a long, hard day until he realized that he was not allowed to go to sleep because God was calling him, but he didn't know that at first in 1 Samuel 3.3, 1 Samuel 3.3. And before the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here am I, and he ran unto Eli and said, here am I, for thou callest me. And Eli said, I called thee not, lie down again. And he went and lay down, and the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, thou dost call me. And he answered and said, I called not my son, lay down again. And now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou dost call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be if he call thee that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. Here's little Samuel. He's trying to get sleep. He's tired. And God keeps calling him. He won't let him go to sleep. And Samuel's getting frustrated and, and he, he doesn't understand. He thinks it's Eli until he finally realized that God was calling him. And those are the right words. Those are the words. Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. That's the words to say when we get up in the middle of the night. Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. Zechariah wakes up and he finds this angel asking him a question, verse two. He says, what seest thou? And Zechariah says, I said, I looked and behold a candlestick, all of gold, a bowl on top of it, seven lamps, seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof. So the angel wants to show Zechariah a sight that's gonna teach him something very important. So the angel wants Zechariah to look carefully and tell him what does he see. And Zechariah tells the angel that what he saw was a, it says candlestick, it really means candelabra. He sees a candelabra. And that's what's translated here as, as candlestick. So in verses two and verses three, there's this candelabra. In Hebrew, it's the word menorah. There's a menorah, the menorah. Most of the time we say menorah, we're talking about the Hanukkah menorah. The Hanukkah menorah is different. The Hanukkah menorah has eight candles on it because of the eight days that God kept the olive oil burning that was supposed to be for one day, but that's why it has eight. But the normal candelabra has seven. The normal menorah has seven on it. A normal menorah, it has a small well, it's not wax, it's a small well for each of the wicks to, to burn. The well has the oil in it and the wick is burning. And there's one thing about the menorah 
The menorah was never to go out. It was always to burn, which means that which means that each of those seven wells holding a little oil there, they had to be watched. They had to be filled with oil so that the light never went out. And that work fell on the priest. And it took a lot of work to produce that oil. And then that's what Hanukkah is all about. It took eight days to produce that oil. That's the miracle of Hanukkah. One day lasted for eight days while the, while the other oil was being prepared. And the Maccabees found in the desecration of the, the temple by the Greeks that there was only enough oil for that menorah for, for one day. And, and like I say, it took eight days. That just underscores how much work there was to make this oil, how much work there was for these priests to keep the oil filled in those seven wells for those seven candles in the menorah to keep burning. And that was the work of the priest. The work of the priest was to produce that oil, to keep that oil there so it never goes out. The reason the menorah should never go out is because Jesus said in John 8, 12, John 8, 12, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The Lord Jesus is always the light of the world, not temporarily. So the light of the menorah was always to be burning, not allowed to go out, which put a lot of pressure on the priests to keep that light going. So the priests were the ones that were always harvesting the olives, that were always pressing the olives into the oil, and always collecting the oil, always filtering the oil, always sanctifying the oil, always adding that oil to the candles. I mean, with all of that, harvesting and pressing and collecting and filtering and sanctifying and adding, it's a lot of work. It's a tremendous burden on the priests. And so Zechariah looks at this menorah, he looks closer and closer, the angel's showing him, and he sees something he's never seen before in a menorah. This menorah has a bowl above it, over it. He never saw a menorah with a bowl over it. Symbol of Israel is a menorah. You will never see the symbol of Israel menorah with a bowl over it. But Zechariah saw this, and then as he looked closer, he saw seven pipes in verse two. I have looked and behold a candlestick all of gold with a bowl upon the top of it and his seven lamps thereof and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof. So he sees this, a bowl, seven pipes, going to each one going to the seven candles. And then he looks carefully, he sees two olive trees Two olive trees by the bowls, it says in verse three, and two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl and the other upon the left side thereof. So he looks at this, this menorah, and you can imagine, Zechariah said, I see that the wells of each of the candles of the menorah have pipes feeding it, going to it, supplying it with oil. So I follow those seven pipes up, and I see that the bowl, there it's all coming from a bowl over the menorah that's a supply bowl. It's the supply bowl that's feeding the oil. It's running by gravity down to those, those, those wells. And, a, and I'm wondering, where does that bowl get its oil from that's, that the pipes are carrying to the seven, the seven candle wells? And I see now there's two olive trees, he says. One's on the right hand, the right side of the menorah, the other on the left side of the menorah. And I see those olive trees, they're dropping. They're dropping their olive oil directly into the supply bowl. 
I see this menorah is being fed by oil from the trees to the supply bowl, to the seven pipes, to the seven wells. That's how it's working. And Zechariah wanted to know. He says, I don't understand. In verse four, he saw, so, verse four, so I answered and spoke to the angel and talked with me saying, what are these, my Lord? And the angel doesn't tell him initially. He expects him to know. He says in verse five, the angel that talked with me answered and said, knowest thou not what these be? He expected him to know. And I said, no, my Lord. So Zechariah now acts like a little child. He honestly confesses. He says, I'm sorry. I know I should know what this means, but I don't. And I'm, in sh I'm ashamed to tell you that I don't, but I don't know what this means. So please tell me what this menorah means. Why did the angel say to Zechariah, knowest thou not what these be? And Zechariah had to say, I'm sorry, I don't know. What the angel is doing here is the angel is drawing out of Zechariah a confession. He's drawing, he's making Zechariah say it, Zechariah. Say that you're dull. Say that you're slow to understand. And that's important. That level of honesty is important because it shows an honesty with God. And that's what we have to do. When we come to God, we can't come to God and say, we know it all. We've got to come like Zechariah that says, yes, I'm slow to understand. And not only that, my minds are prone to wander off like him 848. Him 848 says, the holiest we enter in perfect peace with God through whom we found our center in Jesus and his blood. Though great may be our dullness in thought and word and deed, we glory in the fullness of him who meets our need. Or another great hymn, hymn number 83, hymn number 83, O oh, to grace, how great a debtor, unconstrained to be. Let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. And so the angel now tells Zechariah, okay, Zechariah, this is what it means. It's a message to Zerubbabel. It's a message to Zerubbabel and all Israel. And the message is, verse six, then he answered it, verse six, he answered and said unto me, spake unto me, saying, this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. The angel said to Zechariah, it's a word for Zerubbabel. Who is Zerubbabel? Zerubbabel was the governor ruler of Judah. During a very important time in Israel's history, during the rebuilding of the second temple, the Jewish people at this time were a conquered people, they were a people in slavery, again, after Egypt, now in Babylon. They had been there, and when King Cyrus made a decision to let a small group, a handful of Jewish people, return to Israel to rebuild their city, Jerusalem, and their temple. And it was to this small group of people that were returning to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple when they did, that when they got to Jerusalem, they saw their beloved city, a pile of ashes. Its walls were thrown down, trash was everywhere, rubbish. 
Jerusalem had been broken up, had been burned, had been ransacked, and nothing remained. And the people were very discouraged when they saw that. And this is who God wrote these words to as he realized that the the rebuilding of the temple was going to be, and he was telling them, he says, look, you're gonna rebuild the city, you're gonna rebuild the temple, but I've gotta tell you, my Jewish people, and from verse six, verse six, that you're gonna do it not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And so the angel tells Zechariah, this is the meaning of the vision. Zechariah, do you see a menorah? Do you realize what the sight of that menorah has come to mean for the priest normally? When the priests see a menorah, they see work. They see work, Zechariah. All they have to, they see, when they see a menorah, they say, well, all we have to do, do, do. And the priests have come to see themselves as so vital, as so important that they think they're holding everything together. The priests look at this menorah and they say, I'm the reason that this menorah keeps burning. Without me, this menorah will go out. So the angel was saying to Zechariah, Zechariah, just look at this menorah. Look at the menorah in this picture. When you see this, you'll see there are no priests there. There are no priests on that scene. There are no priests harvesting, pressing the olive oil and collecting it and filtering it and sanctifying it and filling it. No priests at all. And yet this menorah keeps burning with no priests. The olive trees drip their oil into the bowl. The pipes carry the oil from the bowl into the wells. The candles keep burning without any priests. The menorah is working not by might and not by power of the priests. This menorah is working by the Spirit of God, by God's Spirit. And that's the way the work of God will go forward. The priests here, they're like the high priest that was in the previous chapter, in chapter three, clothed with filthy rags, But by the grace of God, those filthy rags have been taken away. They've been replaced with clean clothes, the righteousness of Christ. And we want to see others come to Christ. We want to see that work go on. And we think that we are the ones that are keeping the menorah going. But ultimately, others will come to Christ not by our might, not by our power, but by the Spirit of God. As the Lord Jesus said, Here's why this is gonna happen. Here's why others will come to Christ. Because of Matthew 16, 18. Matthew 16, 18, where Christ said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We go on with Christ and we don't follow away from him. And ultimately, it's not because of us. It's because God is not a quitter and he finishes work that he starts and he started a work in us. He's gonna Finish the work in us, Philippians 1.6, Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And we witness to others, and we want them to come to Christ. And the scene of the, the menorah, it's so important for us because we realize we're not alone in the work of seeing others come to Christ. We're not alone in our witnessing. The Spirit of Christ is also working, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, Acts 5.32, Acts 5.32. We are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God had given to them that obey him. 
You know, right now, you know that as you pray for the summer blitzers, they're distributing the, the book changed. And we're planning on shipping two million copies of this book changed into Israel so that every home can receive a copy. And so we've been working, kind of like the priest, we've been working on getting it translated into Hebrew and getting the two million copies printed. It's not a small number. Two million copies printed, planning on the shipment of those books on pallets and containers to float across the ocean to Israel. And that means that we need to know, we need to calculate exactly, you gotta figure these things out, how many copies of the book will fit on one pallet and how many pallets will fit in one container and how many containers we need to, to ship to get the two million copies into Israel and which port in Israel they're gonna go in and which lawyers are gonna arrange for the entry and how much money we have to pay for the entry and where the containers will be stored in Israel and who exactly who will be delivering these two million copies to every Jewish home within two days and how many pallets will fit in one delivery truck and how many motorcycles will be supplied from one delivery truck as a supply truck and it's gonna be used to hand deliver all those two million uh, copies of two million Jewish homes. And believe me, it's a huge operation. It's like a, like a, like a D-Day, a lot of moving parts. And it's so easy to look at this project like the priests to look at the menorah and see work, work, work and lose sight of this vision of the menorah in this chapter four here that was burning, not by might, not by power, but by God's spirit. It's so easy to lose sight of the fact that God's spirit is helping in this endeavor to be a witness to Israel. And so when we're planning the shipment in the containers, we ask the printer, how many copies of the book can you get on one pallet? And the answer comes back from the printer, you can get exactly 7,200 copies of the book changed to fit on one pallet. And then we ask, well, how many pallets can fit in one container? And we're told 20 pallets can fit in one container. So we get out our calculator, we figure out how many books will fit in one container, and we multiply 20 pallets of 7,200 books per pallet times 7,200 books in a pallet, and the 7,200 books in the pallet times 20 pallet comes out to exactly 144,000. That's kind of an interesting number. <laughs> 144,000 books per container. It was like God's message to us. Each container is going to hold 144,000. It's like God is saying each container is going to be like 144,000 little witnesses that I'm going to send out to Israel during this, that I'm also going to do during the tribulation to encourage Jewish people to come to Christ. It's God saying, I know you're busy. I know you're busy and you think you're doing it all. Translating, printing, packing, shipping, importing, storing, delivering. This is a, but I want you to remember that those books will be delivered, Zechariah 4, 6, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And whether it's the books as the little witnesses being delivered within Israel, or it's the second temple that's being built in Israel, it's all gonna be done, verse six, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. That's the reason it's gonna be done, because it's God's spirit, and because the Lord Jesus says, in Matthew 16, 18, Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. 
don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.